What's up everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we have another classic that we are bringing to you guys. As you know, for the last several weeks, uh, I've been putting out classic reviews of the TV show Arrow that Zach and I did uh, many years ago. In fact, just last week, the Season 8 review of Arrow dropped, with of course Season 5 being on a YouTube video, which is why there was no season five for that week. We just had uh, some classic pay-per-views up there that week. Well, this week, we're doing it again. Only this time, we've got F is for Family. That's right. This is another show that I uh, watched religiously on TV. I was a huge fan of this show, mostly because I'm a huge fan of Bill Burr, the stand-up comedian. Uh, I think Bill Burr is an incredibly talented comic. Uh, He's a comic that I can definitely relate to. Uh, I got a chance to meet him once back in 2010, uh, back when Paul Verzi uh, used to open for him. Uh, so I got a chance to meet Bill Burr. He's an awesome guy, and his comedy is amazing, and he gets better and better and better. I love the fact that he doesn't kowtow or stretch and fetch for the woke cancel culture, which is another great reason to watch him because he doesn't bow down to bullshit political correctness, and he's one of the few comedians that doesn't do that because there's so many comedians today that do. But anyway, I wanted to bring in the classic Ep is for Family, reviews that Zach and I did. We did the first three seasons on one track a few years back, and then we did Ephesus for Family Season 4 when that came out. That's why the way we have this set up is the next segment you're going to hear after we take a break has the first three seasons jammed together, but it's not done the way that we did them with Arrow, where we went episode by episode by episode and were so detailed. This one's we kind of took combined them together, hit the high spots, and still gave a very informative uh, review. And then season four, we do kind of the same thing. Now, even though we have all four seasons on this track, you'll notice season five is not present. And there's a reason for that. When I ended up making the YouTube video for Arrow, I got inspired to do at least one video review for each show that we watched and talked about religiously on the show. That's why you notice on the Boochcast playlist, there's one for Arrow and there's one for Gotham. Well, I felt that Zach and I should do a video for the last season of Epis for Family. Now, the reason I made a tradition to do that for the last season was because, like I said, I wanted to do at least one video, and I thought it would be weird to do a bunch of audio, then one video, and then a bunch of audio after that. Now, obviously, I already did that with Arrow, so there was no point in rehashing that. So, going forward, we made sure the last season, which in some cases, ironically, happens to be season five, we would do a video. So, on this track, you're going to hear a review of the first four seasons. One through three will be on one segment, and then season four will have its own segment, and then next week on the YouTube channel, we will have an F is for Family video review of season five for you guys. So of course, that link will be on our social media where you can check it out on the Boochcast Facebook page and Twitter page for you guys to check out there, so make sure you guys do. But in the meantime, in between time, we got the four seasons on here, and I think there's nothing left for us to do now, but to jump right into it. So, I'm going to take a short break here, and when we come back, Zach and I will be reviewing seasons one through three of F is for Family here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. We shall return right after this.
Hello. And welcome back. Welcome back. To the Boochcast. The Boochcast. <laughs> During the break, uh, we played the song Come and Get Your Love by the Redbone. And that is the official theme song of the show that Zach and I are here to talk about here on yeah, the Boochcast. Now, I mentioned this before that season three came out at the end of November. It actually kickstarted a three-week span of great shows coming to Netflix. Like yeah. we had basically it was season three of Episode Family, then part six of The Ranch, and then right into season four of Fuller House. But I've noticed here on the Boochcast, when I look back at the history, I never really got into F is for Family really? here on this show. I haven't talked about the first season, didn't talk about the second season, definitely haven't talked about the third season, so I figure I'm gonna do this, and because Zach and I actually binge-watched the first two seasons together. Yes, we did. I mean, I saw them by myself, but yeah, I did too. I, I didn't watch it again because it's actually hilarious. Oh my god, that was a blast. <laughs> actually, you know what was funny? The day we did that was the day I got the call from Larry about wanting to return to the regular guys so we were just hanging out at the house doing nothing because we both had the day off Yeah. but season 3 I watched that all by myself I was down here while watching Bonnie so I had time to kill Mm -hmm. so I binge watched the whole third season enjoyed it immensely but for those of you that are not familiar with this show and you haven't seen it you're in for a treat Uh, there is a little bit of a spoiler alert here but I want to let you know right now spoilers or no spoilers you gotta watch this fucking show yes you do now F is for Family is an American adult animated sitcom created by Bill Burr Mm. and Michael Price and produced by Gamma International Television and Vince Vaughn's Wild West Television so Vince Vaughn's an executive producer of the show the show premiered on December 18, 2015 to generally favorable reviews season 2 premiered on May 30, 2017 on June 28th the show was renewed for a third season on July 1st Bill Bill Burr confirmed the third season, and then on November 30th, this third season was released. So Bill Burr plays Frank Murphy, a disillusioned, quick-tempo, foul-mouthed career war veteran and the father of three kids. Bill is also the voice of Father Pat. I didn't know that, but mm. that is the case. Laura Dern plays uh, Sue Murphy, and Laura Dern's a very popular actress. A lot of people uh, know her. Let's check out her body of work real quick. A lot of people, she's a recipient of several accolades. She's won four Golden Globe Awards and a Primetime Emmy Award. She was nominated for two Academy Awards. She is best known for her dramas and she worked in Foxes. She worked in Mass. Uh, she's been in Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart, Inland Empire, Twin Peaks. Most people recognize her because she was in Jurassic Park and she guest starred in the puppy episode of the sitcom Ellen in which Ellen DeGeneres publicly came out of the closet in that episode. So she was in there. She's also in Citizen Ruth, October Sky, I Am Sam, The Fault in Our Stars, Star Wars The Last Jedi she was in that and she's just a phenomenal actress and voices Sue Murphy Justin Long plays Kevin Murphy who's the older teenage son and a juvenile delinquent chronic pot smoker struggling rock musician Sean also voices Chuck Swatsky and Phineas so he does the band and the bandmates and everybody knows him from you know Jeepers Creepers the Dodgeball movie Accepted Accepted. he was Alvin and Alvin the Chipmunks uh, Live Free or Die Hard Alpha and Omega, Tusk, which is a creepy fucking movie. I heard it was. I oh my god. I watched trailers again. No. Oh I my god. Like that stuff. I was like, not really. He was also in Galaxy Quest. I think it was his first movie was Galaxy Quest. It was? Yeah, when he played Brandon. Oh, uh, I got you. Uh, you know, he was in The Breakup, The Dewey Cox Story, just everything about this guy is amazing. Going the Distance, which is one of my favorite movies. Him opposite Drew Barrymore. It's fantastic. And then, of course, Debbie Derryberry plays Maureen, <laughs> Frank's youngest child in the 
only daughter. Some of her know um, she was the title character from Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. I think she actually voiced Jimmy Neutron. Oh, okay. She's also the voice of Bridget, Philip, Kenny, Scott, and the nurse. Sam Rockwell plays Vic. That Basically, he's a wealthy woman. I enjoyed it. The neighbor. He basically is um, Matthew McConaughey's character that does the I always thought right, I, right, but it right, looks like right. I thought that was Matthew McConaughey's first. I thought that was Matthew McConaughey at first. I was like, that I did like too. Matthew McConaughey. We looked it up. I'm like, no, it's him. I was like, no, that was wow. Him. Yep. Uh, Haley Reinhardt oh, is the voice of Bill Murphy, the oh. middle child. So Haley Reinhardt plays that role. Some of her know her from the, um, she plays third in the 10th season of American Idol. Oh, really? And Mo Collins, who most people know from Mad TV, she does the voice of Jimmy Fitzsimmons, oh, Vivian Saunders, Ben, the neighborhood kid with the neglectful parents and possible inbreeding, uh, Brandy Dunbarton, uh, Cutie Pie, Vic's girlfriend in season two, and Ginny Throder, an annoying neighbor whose husband turned out to be gay. Uh, yeah, we'll talk, we'll get into all about oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 And then Trevor Duvall is in this as well. He plays a Red Bolo, one of Kevin's friends and bandmates, Mr. Groomer, a neighbor and Evelyn's husband, Otto Holton Weiser, a neighbor who lived through the Holocaust, the old, the crazy yeah. old guy, and others. Then you got Phil Hendry, who voices Jim Jeffords, a smooth-talking TV personality, Reed Harrison, an aging overweight Charles Bronson S TV star, Hobo Dojo, Mr. Durkin, and a few others. And then you got just so many amazing, you know, actors in this, from Kevin Michael Richardson to David Koshner. Uh, he plays uh, Pogo. I figured that. Kevin Farley, uh, who's actually Chris Farley's brother. Really? Yes. And he plays... Uh, uh, Babe Bonflingo, a neighbor, one of Frank's friends. Uh, he plays Carl and a few others. Uh, Gary Cole plays Dunbarton. Uh, Joe Buck is in this, and he plays Lou Gallagardi and a few others. John DiMaggio is Scoop. Uh, Allison Janey plays Henrietta Van Horn. Uh, T.J. Miller is Randy, Bill's boss for his paper route. Uh, Michael K. Williams is Smokey, and Vince Vaughn plays Chet Stevenson, and then Ellen Fogarty plays Win Win. <laughs> and then you got Kurtwood Smith, who's Stan. Sue's father, and then uh, Carol Kane is Sue's mother. They show up in season three. And if you don't know who Kurtwood Smith is, um, you're a dumbass. Yes, he basically played Red Foreman. So dumbass. Yeah. So this is the cast of characters, and of course, you know Bill Burr, fantastic comedian. If you've never seen him, like put you through a fucking wall. Put you through the fucking wall. There, there is no wall. Well, I want to build a wall. Fucking put you through it. Yeah, he basically plays an old school dad because this this whole thing is set in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Like, it comes out in 1973. So they basically base everything around 1973. Mm-hmm. Their words, their behavior, oh, everything. God, yeah. like, like, this is what it was like. Damn, a lot yeah. of people are pissed. Basically, the dad treating the sons like shit, but then he, he sees the daughter and he goes, hello, ah, princess. Hello, princess. Because that's literally kid. how every dad treats their kids. The daughter is the princess and the kid and is the, like... And the boys are the fuck-ups. Yeah, it's like, I love it. And his thing is, I will put you through the fucking wall. And at one point, there's a... Yeah, but he really didn't say he's gonna put me through the wall. He all he had to do is just yell, and I go. The weird thing is, my dad said that to me only once in my life. Uh-huh. He's only threatened to put me through a wall once. Other than that, it was just kick my ass. <laughs> so I did laugh at the put you through a wall because my dad did say that to me once, maybe twice <laughs> in my life as a kid, but he never used it often. But the thing is, I never thought in a billion years to say anything back to my dad because I was a teenager back Hell then. Hell no. But I love the line like with him and Kevin. He's like, "I will put you." Through 
pushing through the wall. And Kevin goes, but we're outside. And he goes, then I will build a wall. And then I will fucking put you through it. Now, that's one of the main parts of the story. So it opens with the episode, The Bleeding in Sweden. And this is how we learn everything. And basically, you know, Frank comes home from work. He's tired. He's miserable because he hates his job. Like most people in the 70s, it's like an average family. And it really is an average family because, um, you know, it's not like those sitcoms where everybody's happy to see everybody and everybody's in a good mood. It's more realistic. Like the dad's at home. And he's like, you know, yeah, whatever. His wife greets him when he comes home. But he's just like, all right, where's dinner? I'm starving. I want to watch my TV show. That's you know how like I am. It's realistic that way. Yeah. Like he has that favorite TV show he has to watch. Yeah. With the catchphrase, sometimes a man's got to do what a man does. And he just watched this action star kick the crap out of people. And it's not even like a skinny like martial artist. He's like a fat guy just karate chops people. Yeah. And it says like stuff, you know, like, you know, it's like, I don't usually drink and drive, but if I have to, I drink White House beer. And then they go, White House beer, the one draft you won't want to dodge. <laughs> And, just, and it has all these innuendos and crazy shit in there. Like, there's one episode at one point where, um, and we're watching it recently because I'm kind of showing season three to Zach. Yeah. And at one point, you know, Sue's handing out flyers for her invention. I know we're jumping around here. But at one point, she actually says, you know, like, why are you wasting time handing out these flyers? And talking about, this looks like the salad tosser. Watch well, it, I'm in the salad tosser. Everybody knows that was Lena Van Horn. And she's just saying everything to piss her off. You should spend more time working on your figure. He goes, I'm not fat, I'm pregnant. And she goes, people at your age die having babies. Hide your shame. I'm like, how did you not drop kick this hag out of the chair? Good question. That would have been enough for me right there. But I know I'm jumping around. I had to say that while was still fresh in my head. But anyway, so there's an upcoming boxing match and everything. Yeah, I was talking about the boxing match, how they all traditionally will go uh, to Frank's house to watch. And then, But then Vic is having everybody come over. So Frank decides to one-up him by buying a color TV. Uh Because back then, getting a color TV was a big fucking deal. Yes, it was. To us, it ain't that big a deal because we're used to color TV. We go all pawn shop by. A TV like that for what 50 bucks exactly yeah. these when we were kids had huge box sets like it'll take three or four people just to move one TV that was smaller than that now all you gotta yeah. do is just well you need somebody else to kind of help you guide it in yeah just, they're so fucking wide yeah that's but the they're, they're not heavy you just need somebody to help you direct it you know yeah, what I mean it's a two three person job not like eight and yeah. Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman probably couldn't lift those TVs back in the day that were so fucking heavy well back in the day they were either not born yet or they didn't have that strength yet no, so no they would no. not have been able to do it today they could do that no problem oh, yeah, but anyway absolutely. there's also great moments in the beginning where they're all sitting at dinner and the phone's ringing and the phone's ringing yeah, and the phone's ringing yeah. cause answering machines didn't exist yet they get one later in the series Yeah. but at one point it talks about like when the phone would ring and it's one phone in the kitchen cause obviously you don't have cell phones and all that shit and you had no choice but to pick the phone up Yeah. because True. it would just ring and ring and ring and ring and ring until you picked it up mm-hmm. it wouldn't stop so Frank's just trying to ignore it then he finally picks it up and he goes Murphy Residence because that's what you usually would say back then when you were on the phone. And he's like, no, I do not want to buy a Bible. Because he knew it's a, a fucking salesman on the phone. Mm-hmm. He goes, I don't need to talk to God. I was bled out in Korea. I have met God. Like, don't you here. fucking talk to me that way. I'll try to sit here and have a peaceful fucking dinner with my family. I'll put you through a fucking wall. He slams, he slams the phone. The phone. I'm like, watching this, I'm like. And back then, that was what people did when they were angry. You Where could... I was I would see that shit from my dad. <laughs> and that was the only good thing about landline <laughs> phones was your ability to slam them because when you slam them the person on the other end of the line could hear the slam like you heard the aggression (laughs) and if you were in the other room you also heard the aggression you were like you know what fuck you fuck you too bam 
BAM! And it shook the whole fucking house. You would just be like, BAM! And just fuck you. Now you're on a cell phone, it's like, you know what? Fuck you, fuck you too. And you just click the red button. You can't get- You can't do that, you might break a phone and have to go buy a new one. But here's the thing, and I didn't even know this because I never would have thought to do this. Bill has this school project where he's working with magnets. So he puts a magnet on the television and it fucking scrambles up the TV. You're not supposed to do that, no. Now, obviously, I never played with magnets, but I never knew they could do that to a TV. No, never do that. But here's the funny thing. Every time he would call somebody about the TV, they would always ask Frank the same question. Mm. And no, they didn't ask if it was plugged in. They would always ask, like, did you pour water behind it? Why would I pour water behind a TV? And Frank is literally like, this is the dumbest thing people have ever said to me. And then he goes down to, like, the fucking office. Like, you sold me a defective TV. They wouldn't let him return it. And then they found out that it was done by a magnet. And then I love it how he has both of them, like Kevin and Bill sitting there. He's not even looking at Maureen. That's what I love about it. For one second, he did not think the daughter did it. That's how crazy parents were in the 70s. Like, no, she's a woman. She's a sweet little angel. She would never do that. Just say that shit in 2019. (laughs) No fucking way. But he would be like, Lori Foreman. But this one was great. He'd look at it and he'd go like, did you break my TV? No. Did you break my TV? No. Did he break my TV? No. Did he break my TV? Like, he would try to see they rat on each other. Mm-hmm. And Kevin was teaching them, like, just say no, just say no. And then Kevin finally just says, fine, I did it. And he goes, yeah, I did. And they argue, he goes, I didn't do it. Well, why did you confess? Because I fucking hate you. And then Frank will walk outside and then he starts crying. Like, he won't in front of the kid. Because that's how dads keep up a strong united front. If you hurt your parents' feelings, they're never going to cry in front of you. Because they cry in front of you means they own you. They own your ass at that point. They have to put up the front, like, you didn't hurt my feelings. Fuck you, go to your room. They can never do it in front of you because the second you cry in front of a kid, that kid knows, I own your yeah, ass. I own your ass. You can never do that. No matter how much they hurt your feelings, you, you gotta fire it back at them. <laughs> you gotta make them cry first. You make them cry, then they leave, then you cry. That's the rule. So eventually they find out about the magnet. This is the thing that Frank says, and all dads say this, and I always believe it to be bullshit. Mm. When he finds out Bill broke it, he goes, I can't even look at you right now. I'm not even mad that you broke the TV. I'm mad that you lied to me. Bullshit! You're mad the TV's broken. I hate cats that say that. Don't act like if you just would have told me the truth, I wouldn't have yelled at you. What? (laughs) Sir, I believe the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution says I have a right not to incriminate myself. No son is going to confess to that crap. Because they're like, oh, I would have been more lenient if you told me the truth. (laughs) Yeah, right. No one falls for that shit. So anyway, Bill eventually gets punished. Then eventually, they go back to try to return it again. But then, here's what happens. Send him back, Bill, to confess to the guy. But the guy's basically being a dick to him. Mm-hmm. He's probably bragging to this girl that he has a big dick, which he probably doesn't. Because I'm going to say this, if you had to tell somebody you have a big dick, you don't have a big dick. The women will know. They'll tell you. <laughs> okay? They always let them be the judge of that. So, anyway, and then the guy's like, wow, the old man sent his son in here? What a pussy. So Bill decides to use every magnet in the store, and he ruins all the televisions. Yeah. So the, the owner finds out about this, and Frank not only gets a refund, they give him a fresh TV on the house for that, and then he makes the guy apologize, and you have to watch that dude humble himself to Frank, and Frank's just like, thank you, and he goes, you know what that means? I won one! God's on my side! And he doesn't even know that Bill did that. So everybody comes over to Frank's house, Vic watches it at his house alone, for whatever reason, I mean, he tries to invite him over, but, you know, Vic doesn't come in, so. Then, of course, you know, they have the moment, uh, Saturday, Bloody Saturday, this is a good one, too. I gotta talk about this one. Uh, this is the one where, basically, um, Kevin is failing all his classes. Of course he is. And then, he, yeah, and then Frank argues with him, he goes, 
cares? What do you care? You're just a baggage handler. Frank turns at pause and he goes, what the fuck did you just call me? <laughs> and Frank loses his shit. So he says, come on, you're coming with me. They get in the car and he goes, you're not going to school today. First thing he does, he tricks him into thinking he's going to the army. It's okay. Look, you'll make your bed. They'll cut your hair. Tell you what to do all day. You don't have any problems. You don't even have to think for yourself anymore. It's great. <laughs> and Gary's like, no, no, I don't want to go. They might even say you're in Vietnam. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And he's like, oh, Jesus, quit your fucking crying, Kevin. You're not going to the army. No, you're going to my job. You're going to see what I do every day. So he's recently been promoted after his former boss was decapitated in a violent work accident where his tie got caught in the thing and he gets his head got chopped off, which the two baggage guys are rewinding over and over and over again. <laughs> while they're so getting... radically cool. And they're trying to write a porn script. <laughs> You know what it's called? You remember what it was called? I don't remember. Fuck school. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, dude, I got these notes back from a friend of mine. He said, rule of porn is people got to be fucking within the first 10 pages, man. <laughs> so he called it fuck school. fuck school. And they're getting high off all these pills they're stealing from bags and oh, shit. It's funny as hell. So anyway, Frank is like taking the job. And of course, Kevin's like, fuck you. And then, of course, Frank is torn because these underpaid, hardworking co-workers are contemplating a strike. So, of course, he's trying to let them know, hey, man, I got your back in this. And then, of course, Pogo wants to make sure he's got their back in this. And he goes, yeah. So he's kind of caught in the middle. He's like, right here, right here. And he's getting, mm-hmm. heat, and he's getting heat from both places. So, at some point, Kevin sees Frank being yelled at by this woman who's just complaining. He accuses the airport of stealing her medication. He's like, we're trying to help you find it. And she just berates Frank. So, finally, Kevin comes up and says, hey, I found your, um, your pills. And then eventually she keeps yelling. She goes, why don't you beat it, you old hag? And then finally she just walks away. So they get in the car and Frank goes, Kevin, you shouldn't have done that. But I gotta admit, it was kind of funny. <laughs> so they sit in the car, they start laughing. And then Kevin goes on this rant about, I, he's like, Dad, I am so, so sorry. Like, just having to watch you just sit there and eat shit from that lady and just stand there, like, it had to be just like a torture on your soul. It was just this horrible crushing. And Frank's like tuning him out. He goes, and this is what you go through to, to like, buy me clothes and, and buy me shoes. And do I ever thank you? No, I don't. I just keep taking and taking. And Frank, he just turns the volume up on the car. He's not even listening. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to study hard. I'm going to hit the books. And then just all this stuff. And he's just driving, not listening. No matter for the fact that he won. Like, you know, he doesn't want to be reminded of how degrading that is. Yeah. Which, hey, I don't work in an airport, but I work in retail. I know exactly what that shit I is like. Sure, I used to be a server at Wolf House. I'm the old Oh, God. Yeah, just the... dealing with those fucking people. Like, I don't have to. I don't have to. I'm a dead charging. <laughs> yeah, you sit in the back. Damn right, I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> being <laughs> up front and center. I tell people that I don't have to deal with the customers. Like, Dude, That's very true. You don't. I was like, thank God. Do people don't understand how that just fucks with your mind? Yeah, it does. Oh, my God. Like, I understand how people can snap and go crazy in those places. Yeah, I do too. Back when I was in school, I used to watch them and go, I can't believe that guy is yelling at all those people. And now I look at it and go, those horrible people. Look what they did to that poor man. <laughs> they got what they deserved. <laughs> I'd be sitting there going, that's right, light them on fire! And then, of course, in the midst of all this, Bill gets put in charge of Marine for the day. Oh, Lord, that's a Of course, fair. he tells him, now, if anything happens to your sister, I want you to call me right away, and I'll come straight home, and I will put you through that, through that fucking, fucking wall. wall. Here's the problem. Why does anybody think, okay, you're going to put me through the fucking wall? Then why will I call you? <laughs> At least 
sly. <laughs> so you get the message. Like, so Bill finally snaps at Maureen, calls her a fucking retard, which is another thing I like about this show. This is why I like cussing in shows. Not, not because I like edginess, but because to me that's real. Yeah. Like, instead of being like, why are you so irresponsible? Why are you such an idiot? It's like, no. Are you fucking stupid? Because that's how normal people speak. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Speak. You do something stupid, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Exactly. <laughs> that's what's great about this show. And of course, Kevin at some point is starting to study. Yeah. Is starting to turn his grades around. Yeah. He fails some classes, but they're not like, you know, on purpose. The, and then, of course, Maureen's biggest struggle is she wants to do things like computer club yeah. and she wants to dress up like a spaceman Hang or a pirate. Princess kids. Yeah. At one time, they're chewing on the mat and he goes, taste like mama's gun. <laughs> Or, or one of the part where uh, I think one of the kids are like, oh, no, like a dog, you can't get it now. That yeah. thing is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the show, and the guy, he was wrestling the girl, and he was winning, but he was making noises like he was losing. <laughs> so it was great. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, there's a lot of crazy things that happen. Like, at one point, Bill finally snaps, and Jimmy Fitzsimmons, who's his bully, blows up his clubhouse. Yeah. And, and then, of course, you know, Bill gets suspended for that. Yep. So he's trying to figure out what to do with his suspension. He can't go nowhere. No, he can't. So he ends up hiding at the house yep. where Frank and Sue are arguing and then they have makeup sex and Bill witnesses the makeup sex. Uh, oh, you hear that infamous song. <laughs> Just uh, they're just see the nuts just the nuts banging back and forth. <laughs> and not the mission. And well, the mission. It's just not that. It's just it's your parents and you have to you're right under the bed. Yeah. And you just want to go to your room. And you're trying to be suicide. quiet because you don't want them to know you're there. And it cuts to them saying grace and having dinner. And then Bill just throws up and they're like, Jesus! Because they have no idea why Bill's freaking out. Yeah. And then of course Christmas rolls around. Yeah. And then they're having the big strike at the airport. Yep, because they are. And it all starts over a fucking pen. A and then they're like arguing over the fact that because Dunbar is making fun of the fact that he has a younger girlfriend. And the guy's like, I thought it was his daughter. He goes, you motherfucker. <laughs> and they start fighting and then of course they don't sign the contract. So Frank convinces him to sign the contract and end the strike. But then Frank ends up getting fired yep. from Mohican. Yes, he did. So he gets revenge by dropping the car keys in front of uh, Pogo's feet. Yeah, I, I remember mentioned that. Before, Pogo is an extremely fat fuck who can barely fit in the car as it is. <laughs> so he's stuck on the tarmac with his car and he's like, Frank, you son of a bitch! And then, of course, uh, in the midst of everything, Bill also becomes an altar boy at the church. One of my favorite lines are said here. When Bill and Jimmy are both in the rectory with the priest, and the priest is warming up his vocal cords, and this is what he says to one of his vocal cords. He goes, Wah, 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 water and wine are wonderful. He kissed the leper's foot. Don't throw rocks at a whore. Leper whore, 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 leper whore. This is a priest. Oh, God. A priest fucking saying this like that was the funniest damn thing I ever I rewinded that like six times could you ever hear your old Catholic priest saying that to you no I couldn't imagine <laughs> any Catholic priest saying that to me that was fucking crazy especially the Catholic priest an actual real life Catholic priest would meet me what do you think that priest would say to me um, <laughs> I just want to know um, or if I go to my confessional first the first time I ever uh, make oh, if you go, if ever you, if in you, my you, life oh, is this your first confessional ever ever dude you ain't getting out of that box. You ain't getting out of there. You'll be there for like an hour and a half. You could rec- It's like a, the length of a podcast you'd be in there. The room says, not even an exorcism can get the demon out of you, Zach. I'm yeah. like, is this supposed to be an insult? Because I kind of find it like a compliment. Thank you very yes. much. Found out real quick that in 1563, England, people 
with red hair with a burn out of state because I'll be accused of being a witch because of my freckles as well. I'll be accused yeah. of a witch. So you smart our soulless. I'm damned to hell. It's like, well, no fucking wonder I hate religion or whoever hates it. Yeah, well, I don't know. Just, hey, I didn't write the book. But anyway, so season one ends. So we jump into season two. This is after Frank's been fired by Mohegan. Three minutes after he got fired, Frank is still unemployed and everybody's making fun of him for being unemployed because back then if you were a guy and you were unemployed, people laughed at you. Yeah, they did. Like, you were not even considered a man during that time. So he's dealing with all his depression and his wife, Sue, is at this plasterware place where now yep. she's working for the company. Yep, yep, yep. And That's the only that. source of income they really generally have. Yes. And Frank's ego is dropping and dropping and dropping like Frank tries to... That big of you. Nobody does today. So anyway, Pogo calls him up and invites him down to the airline and Frank thinks he's offering him a job. He said, I want you to train the new guy. And yeah. Frank's like, why the fuck would I do that? He goes, I could have got you a job with another airline. Well, why aren't you open for that? I was building to it. It's called storytelling. <laughs> and he tells us about how they had to cut him of his car with the jaws of life and how he started eating cottage cheese and how that started getting him on a diet. You know who reminds me of here in about 20 years? Oh. You. It was just a joke. It was just a joke. I was like, I've been in here in a couple years and Vinny Phil goes, I am never gonna get really? that big. I was like, the only problem is he has hair and that's about it. The way I'm just saying, Vinny could play that guy. I would well. never get that big. It was, it's like, it's like, if it was physically possible for me to lift my foot and kick you in the nuts, I would. <laughs> well, you're not that big. I was making a joke, Zach. Scoop is the new supervisor and Scoop is basically Dunbarton's dumbass. nephew and he's fucking psycho and he's racist. He goes, psycho? Psycho's not the definition. He's just mentally unstable. Mentally unstable. He said, this guy is crazy, Frank. He's ruining the airline. <laughs> he separates the bags by race. Like by the color of the bags. And you see him grabbing these black bags and he's throwing them in the propeller yeah, thing. And Scoop's like, go back to Africa. <laughs> Pogo's like, you gotta help me, Frank. Well, you fired me. I don't know why. But he said, like, he said, if you helped me with this, I'd get you a job with another airline. Because you find that out in the story that, you know, Pogo and Frank knew each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. They actually were going to go to flight school together. But obviously it never worked out. And it talked about Sue. And they do flashbacks in this. To when Frank was in the military and all that. And he was talking about how they were going to support each other's dreams. Yeah. And Frank lost sight of that and everything else. And then, of course, you know, Kevin starts doing good things with his band. And they're rocking like crazy. And they get a couple gigs. And then he meets the, uh, the haircut girl who's supposed to, like, you know, basically fuck everybody. Yeah. But Kevin chokes. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And he just starts freaking out. Which, then, with a teenage boy, if we were teenagers, nine times out of ten, that's most likely going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of how it You're just too nervous and all of a sudden, oops. Yeah. <laughs> that's all she wrote. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, at one point, Bill actually has, like, hockey tryouts. Yeah. But he ends up missing them because his dad forgot to take him. Yeah. So his hockey stick breaks and he has, like, a mental breakdown and yeah. it. But at one point, he stole the hockey stick and he basically said, what's your name, kid? He goes, Jimmy Fitzsimmons. <laughs> so Jimmy gets accused of stealing a hockey stick that he never took. So Jimmy gets sent to Catholic military school. And so while this is all happening, at first, uh, you know, Bill couldn't be happier because he's rid of Jimmy. And they're partying, they're doing all this great stuff, and Bill's just starting to cause trouble. He puts it like a fake person, throws it out in front of a car. And then, of course, Maureen's trying to be like a girl scout and everything, or honeybee thing. The honeybee, yeah. And the nobody's honeybee. able to take him there, so she takes the neighbor who tells them the story of the Holocaust. Oh, no. Because at first, they think, here's the problem. They thought that he they was thought... actually, he was a Nazi. But it turns out he's Jewish and he lived in the concentration camp and was tortured by the Nazi. Now, 
Now, this was confusing for everyone because he spoke German and had a bit of a German accent. But that's because when you grow up in a certain neighborhood or a certain country or a certain part of a town, you adopt the accent of the place that you lived. So you can have a different religion or a different skin color or whatever, but if you grew up in Britain, you're going to have a British accent. If you grew up in Germany, you're going to have a German accent. If you grow up in Italy, you'll have an Italian accent. Like, that's what's bound to happen. Or here in America, if you grow up in the South, you'll have a bit of a Southern accent, or you live here long enough, it's going to happen. Like, I was born up North, but I still say y'all and certain other Southern things, because I've lived in the South for close to 20 years now. So he teaches the story of and all the honeybees are, like, in shock, and, like, at first they see, like, the number on him, and they go, yeah. that must be the number of people he killed. It's like, no, that was his number in the concentration camp. Like, this is so brilliantly written. Just the script, everything, the clever lines, the innuendos. It was fantastic. It's hilarious. And the thing is, it gets edgier and edgier. So, of course, at one point, you know, Kevin's freaking out. And also, Vic has a girlfriend, Cutie Pie. Cutie Pie, who's the and, definition of a slut, slut, slut. Yes, and you, Vic works at a radio station, which yeah. is how he's able to get one song on the radio. And it's great. And, of course, weather. weather. But, uh, speaking of that, after I watched that, uh, well, my coworkers, Ron, watches the show, I go, Ron, you watch Evans for Family? He's like, yeah, I do, Red. And, uh, that's why they call me at work. I wonder why. And uh, I go, hey. I go, like, weather. And Ron stops and goes, weather. And his buddy, his roommate, Dame, was like, weather. And my chef comes out there. It's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? We just stopped and looked at I go, one, two, three. Weather. It's like, get your asses back. So like, okay. <laughs> that's great. So anyway, and then at some point, they, um, you know, in the midst of everything, like, G- Kevin ends up banging Vic's girlfriend, mm-hmm. who doesn't really that lasted longer, uh, longer the second time he did the first time. Which is normal for a teenager. A round of applause for Kevin Golf Club. Because usually the first time it doesn't go well. The second time is usually when you, yeah. you're you used to it. So anyway, so he does very well. And then, of course, you know, he starts writing a song about it because they're about to get a record deal, his band. Because Vic's trying to use all his connections. Yeah. And, of course, he's high on the booger sugar. Well, of course he's high on the booger sugar. You know, he's having a blast with that. And then, of course, with Frank and Sue, they're having problems mm-hmm. because Frank's just not supportive of what Sue wants to do. Yeah. He's in a miserable funk and Frank doesn't want to talk and Frank ends up getting this new job where he's like stacking vending machines and Smokey's his boss. <laughs> so he's like, now here's what you do. You put the chocolates and the Goodyear bars on one side. You gotta be careful with cigarettes. Now watch out. People try to steal them Skittles. You gotta watch out. Make sure you get it all right. Now make sure you get all the coins you put them all in order and you put them right in the front. Remember this word. Sack to sack. Remember that. Sack to sack. Sack to sack. Sack exactly. to sack. And then he's like, you gotta count the money at the end of the day. Now whatever's no good, you put in that pile right there. You can eat that if you want. And then at one point, the money flies out. So Frank needs a job so badly, he jumps out of the car, grabs all the money, puts it in there. Yep. So he's in the midst of all this craziness, and Smokey's talking to him about, like, you know, you gotta fix your problems at home, Frank. Very you know, true. Like, one time, he's, he's trying to fake sick from work, and then Smokey's like, Maggie goes, he's like, what? You trying to quit on me, Frank? He goes, no. Look, my wife and I just need to talk right now. We gotta fix some problems out. Well, why do you say so, Frank? Do what you gotta do, buddy. <laughs> Try to fake sick on me. So eventually, they go to this Christian retreat, mm-hmm. which Frank doesn't want to do but Sue's not. making him do Ginny finds out her husband is really gay which you find out throughout the course of this you've season you've automatically figured it out pretty quickly because he's flirting with some of the guys and then also he you see him banging a dude in the dressing room while Ginny's just going off on a rant and he's just sneaking away and he's banging all these dudes 
So he finally admits that he's gay, but Jenny's living in denial because she doesn't want to accept the fact that her husband is gay and losing him. Another guy confessed at one point to like killing someone in an accident. So Frank basically talks about how deep down he wanted Sue to fail because it was hurting his ego. And Sue and and the priest goes up and goes, Frank, that was a brave thing to do. And everybody's some people are talking about him being brave, and Sue just goes, "You son of a bitch!" and just goes off on him. And another girl goes off and says, talks about her horrible husband. He goes, he goes, "Your husband just murdered somebody!" And then she starts crying. And then Frank and Sue just go at it. They're just not talking until the season finale when they devise a plan to get rid of Scoop because they realize he's just destroying the airline. But in the midst of about to do all this, they're about to abort the mission when all of a sudden these Black Panther-esque terrorists show up and hijack the plane and take everybody hostage. Scoop ends up killing them all, or most of them, and he goes, Scoop, 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 And now they're like, crap, we're never going to get rid of him. And then Dunbar's like, you were trying to get rid of my nephew? He's a Dunbarton. You're a genetic superior. And I'm like, this fucking guy? <laughs> this fucking guy. So then in the midst of everything, eventually they get their heads cut off or something and they die. Yeah. Frank basically talks about like, you know, you know what? You're going to kill me. Just kill me. I failed my family anyway. So then eventually they all reconcile and everything's going to be okay. And then at the end, Frank and Sue decide to have sex. And he's pulling out a condom. But then you get the smoky. And he does this thing with the condoms. And this, and the fact that people would actually do this is fucked up. Uh-huh. As a guy who wears a lot of condoms. He got this little like poker thing. He goes, one, two, three, baby. One, two, three, baby. Like, he's poking holes in the fucking condoms. Oh, that's dirty. That's one of the dirtiest things no, you can see, do. I have children that I want to have. I'll know exactly what I'm going to do. Starts with a V. You know what that is? What? A vasectomy. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're, you just, hey, that means you still have all the sex you want. You just can't get no girl pregnant with or without a condom. Think about that for a second. I don't want to hear about pain. You want to know about pain? That's pain. The broken ribs are fucking pain. Hey, anything done to the privates is worse than anything you can say, alright? Oh, the worst thing ever, I got hit in the nuts a couple times in my life. Yeah, um, it's still bad. Oh, it hurts. Like It's like so excruciating pain where you get sick. Hey, normally I have sympathy. When it comes to twigging berries, fuck (laughs) your ribs, okay? So that was the end of season two. Then you got to season three, which we were on earlier. Yeah. Basically, Sue gets pregnant, obviously, because of the one, two, three baby. So basically, in the midst of everything, uh, Frank's trying to have a good time. Yeah. Sue is pregnant, so she's just hormonal and miserable, and she's going through the phase of like, oh my god, my life is over. Because they were gonna talk every about every pregnant chick does that. Yeah. Because Frank was thinking, I'm gonna go back to flight school, and <laughs> you know, Sue was planning on doing more things with plasticware because she was depressed because she invented this salad tosser, mm-hmm. and it was in. Genius. It was a genius. But nobody was. there was taking them seriously because they're all, all the guys there do all this sexual harassment shit. Which oh, you God, know, they could never them. get away with that stuff. No, now, hell no. But the girl, one of the girls no, there. I heard some say that. I'll probably go like, oh, hey, chair right here. Okay, hold on still. Shh, Mac, does your mother ever tell you to speak nicely to a woman? Yeah. Mm. Well, here's the thing. One of the ladies in there just fires back oh, even more and so she's good. And turns out that's what guys yeah, like. girl like, is better being a, like basically being the asshole a bitch. Trust me, I live with one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll let you know. Yeah. They'll think of you if you be that way. Like, but that's the thing. Like, like Sue, it bothered her, but her friend, she can come in and handle it because she knew how to talk to those guys. Mm-hmm. She knew that's what you got to do. You got to play ball until we're able to get what we want. Then we can ditch those guys. Because the, the guy's basically saying, like, you know, hey, you gonna let me play with those tits? And she's like, not with that tiny dick. I won't. And they go, oh. Whoa. But even the guys are like, oh, she's good. She got you, bro. Because <laughs> they love that shit. So anyway, so they invent the salad tosser. Lena Van Horn steals it because they go to 
higher up to try to get them to help us. She decides to take all the credit and fucking bury those girls. Yeah. Because technically, she owns Plastaware, so she can steal the trademark. So Sue's bitter about that. She's trying to make this salad crisper, which is where she got in that tip with that old lady, and we talked yeah. about that. So at the Memorial Day parade, and yeah. Frank's just trying to have fun. Everybody around him's pissing him off. Uh, been drinking. He's sunburned. He just wants to enjoy the uh, parade. They're like, yo, Kevin, we got you some soda. A special <laughs> soda. soda. With a special ingredient. Oh. It's Russian. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, yeah. stop making it so obvious. It's going to be obvious after you drink it. You're going to yeah. throwing up. And then, of course, Kevin's all about Merlin's monocle and all yeah. these crazy, like, weird verses that he does. Like, in a gnome, in a galaxy, far away. And they're like, look, man, we don't want to do that anymore. We just want to get, it's like, pretty, like, he goes, music is not about getting laid. And they're like, everything is about getting laid. And then finally, Kevin quits the band. And then Frank meets a guy named Chet Stevenson. And they become best friends because they were both, you know, in the military. Yeah. And Chet was in the Air Force, which is what Frank wanted to do. So he said, you know, I destroyed a whole Vicon village, got me a wife in the process. That's what you call a win-win. A win-win. Win-win. Would you like to come over here and meet Frank? <laughs> and you find out the girl's name is Win-win. And she just says a bunch of catchphrases. And she knows very little English. Polly Lynn to block. America is good. That's why we win all the time, sweetie. And then, like, at one point, Sue's venting to Win-win about all the Yeah, 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 yeah. And she goes, he's like, <laughs> First everything calm, then everything go white, then turn black, then come the flames, then, then daddy, flames. papa, can't find him, I only one left, why me, I think that every day, and Sue's like, oh my god, I why do I do this, he goes, and she's like, but your salad tosses story is sad too, <laughs> like, it's one of those things where she's like, she's like, I'm fucked, I have nothing I to say, I can compare myself to this female right here, and so she decides to invent this Swiss army knife with kitchen utensils, which she gets the idea for while she's at the uh, gynecologist getting yeah. checked on and then you got you know Frank's longtime buddy mm-hmm. is Rosie and basically what happens is with Scoop and Dunbarton dead mm-hmm. Pogo gets promoted to the top spot yeah so Frank gets Pogo's old job yep. so naturally they think Rosie's gonna get that job nope. but it turns out Frank's getting both jobs Frank's keeping his old job but also doing this new job and not getting a raise yeah I hear you. so Frank's kind of sitting there going like what the hell why are you promote Rosie he goes it was a corporate thing so you find out later Pogo didn't necessarily want to screw Rosie over there's nothing you do it's like it came from above yeah, Frank yeah, we're cutting how, I, costs you work at a corporation I, we, I get that exactly but that's the thing it's not like he was saying I don't trust Rosie it was just that it, nothing I could do it came from up above it was up to me I'd hire him so Pogo's trying to apologize because yeah. Rosie basically quits yeah. he gets a he gets a quarter tip from this guy throws it across the room just walks out on the job uh-huh. he just quits which anybody's ever been in the world of retail knows you've thought about that once or twice in your life. Oh, you that's oh yeah. Like say you did a backless job and the, the ticket turned out to be 135 bucks. I have seen this happen and you only get like a three or four dollar tip. Oh, oh yeah. I seen one server walk out and took it was loose change, dollar fifty and loose change says I quit through the change at the customer's car, walked out, and I haven't heard from him since. Yeah, that was crazy. But like the tip was just the last straw. Yeah. What set him off was not getting that promotion. Yeah. When he when he worked in the baggage world forever. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it's like Rosie's like, dude. I'm supposed to get the next job. He gets Frank's old job. Frank gets Pogo's old job. Pogo runs shit. If Rosie had gotten that promotion, he'd be fine. Yeah, absolutely. So the tip wasn't really what bothered him. That tip just was the last thing to set him off. Yeah, I agree. Just like, motherfucker. Like, well, I'll be honest. The movie The Wrestler, you think the wrestling would be my favorite part of that movie. It's not. You know what my favorite part is? Oof. The part where he's in the deli. Yeah. And he gets his hand in the machine. He shows it in himself or he gets his hand caught and he just goes like, I fucking quit. You want your fucking cheese? And he just snaps and he leaves. And as he's walking down the aisle, he's not cereal and hands on the show he's screaming I quit I quit 
God damn it, I quit. And he just starts knocking shit over. And then he's in the car wrapping his finger. And he's, that's the moment where he just finally had enough. Mm. Everything shitty was going on in his life. Plus, the lady at the counter is like, he's putting the pasta together for him. He goes like, can I get a little more? A little less? A little more? A little less? This happens for like two minutes. Finally, she gives it to him. And she says, thank you. At least she said thank you. Mm -hmm. At the very least. But I can see how annoying that shit can be. Yeah, I hear you. And then finally, he just goes, I fucking quit. His daughter won't talk to him anymore. Yep. And he's just finally done with everything. Yeah. And then he decides to get in the ring and wrestle that guy and get back in the wrestle fest and does the show. And you don't know if he lives or dies at the end. You should have got a can war for that. that would... Yeah, instead they gave it to Sean Penn. That's it. So then, of course, in the midst of all this, Jimmy comes back yep. from the military school. I didn't mention this in the, in the, towards the end. So at first, he's, he's repenting and apologizing for everything he did to Bill. Until yep. he finds out Bill was the one who sent him to the military school. Yep. Now he vows to kill him. But they were plotting to kill Jimmy because Bill's friend has some twisted fucking shit in a notebook. How he wants to disembowel Jimmy Fitzsimmons. Okay. So they plot to hurt him, but then things go awry. Bill ends up taking Jimmy to the hospital, so Jimmy decides to let him live as long as he doesn't piss him off anymore. Mm -hmm. But then Bill sees um Bridget, his sister, and realizes he's in love with his sister. Mm -hmm. So he sees his sister at the pool, and, but the only problem is it leads to an embarrassing erection incident. So now he doesn't, even though it's pouring down rain, he doesn't want to get out of the pool. He's like, go down, go down, go down, go down, go down. It's like when you're in school and you would get one, and the teacher's like, you can come up to the board. No, nope. ma'am. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I'll take a zero. For, it's like, why are you getting a zero for participation? Uh, uh, I hate school. Like, you'll take whatever punishment your parents will give you and not tell them, I get a boner, and I don't want anybody to see it. It's just awkward. So, as the midst of everything goes on, there's a lot of good things. Like, Chet takes Frank on a joyride in a jet. They're becoming best friends. Chet's living Frank's dream. Sue is struggling to get her fork utensil thing working, and everybody's just going crazy. And then, of course, um, Philip is starting to get mad because he's jealous of the fact that Bill's a crush on Bridget because mm -hmm. he won't spend enough time with him. Then, of course, you know, all this crazy stuff's happening. And then at one point, Sue notices that Chet is a little abusive towards Win-Win. So she wants to say something, but Frank's trying to ignore it. He's like, hey, that's not our business. We're not going to worry about that. Then eventually, during a softball game, Chet throws a ball. It's one of the girls in the face. I can't remember who. I think it was Jenny. And there's a big argument that ensues. And all of a sudden, everything just starts coming out. And everybody's arguing. But then there's a climactic moment where basically Chet's at Win-Win's house. All of a sudden, an ambulance pulls up outside Chet's apartment. At one point, you know, in the midst of all this, Chet told Win-Win, I know what's going on. I heard I heard what happened. Are you okay? And Win-Win said, oh, it's okay. It's okay, Sue. I survive him. So all of a sudden, Chet comes out in an ambulance and he's coughing. His face is green. And it turns out Win-Win poisoned Chet. And Sue's like, Win-Win, what the hell happened? He goes, oh, I put detergent in noodles. Something like that. And he goes, I've been doing it slowly for the last few months, but after today, I decided I couldn't wait any longer. And Sue just looks at her like, what the fuck? And Win-Win's like, I told you, I survivor. <laughs> And that's the thing. After watching that, I can just say right now. That right there should be a lesson. If you need further proof on why you shouldn't be abusive to your spouse. First of all, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. If that's not enough to convince you, that should be enough to convince you right there. Yeah. It's like from the movie Waiting. Yep. Don't fuck, fuck with, with people, people that handle your food. food. If your wife cooks for you, be nice. Be nice. Unless you plan on eating takeout for the rest of your life, okay. don't treat your wife like shit. Because she fucking does that. That. And then, 
of course, in the end, Bill and Bridget decide to run away to Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. But at the last second, Bridget changes her mind and realizes she doesn't want to go. So she jumps off the train. The train closes, and Bill's now stuck on a train to Pittsburgh. But the train gets in an accident and runs off the rails. So Bill jumps out of the train and starts to make his way back home. And I can't remember exactly what happened off the top of my head. But in the midst of everything, Bill falls into a river that's about to, like, flood out. And then Frank's there, and the family's there, and Bill's like, why do you care? You guys don't even notice us. You have your own problems to worry about. And then they have this moment of, like, you know, getting the family back together. And basically the family bands together to find Bill. Yeah. Everybody puts all the differences aside to find Bill. Yeah. And they said that already. And Kevin eventually, like, throws a light preserver, like, jumps in to try to save Bill. As you all know, Kevin's, like, terrified of water. Because when he was a kid, he fell into a pool, and he was under there for, like, a minute and almost drowned. So now anytime he sees water, he freaks out. Yeah. Like, at one point, he tripped and fell, and there was, like, they were ice skating. The ice broke. Only his ass touched the water. But he's still like, Daddy Wawa! Daddy Wawa! Daddy Wawa! I can't swim! And he just starts shivering. And that's why at one point, when he's arguing with his friends, like, dude, if we stopped playing this stupid Merlin shit and started playing real songs, we'd be drowning in pussy. And he goes, drowning is a serious condition! Yeah, I remember, yeah. He's like, I am the heart and soul of this band. The guy's like, we are the dick and balls. Like, stop talking about dicks! He goes, I can't! So you know the drummer's secretly gay. Yeah. If there's a season four, God help me, there better be a season yeah, four. You be. know he's coming out of the closet. Mm. The drummer's coming out of the closet, no doubt about it. Because yep. of course, as Kevin quits the band, the band actually starts doing well without him. Mm-hmm. To where everybody wants to bang everybody in the band. And one of the inbred kids ends up being their guitarist. And he's great. So Kevin's even more miserable, more depressed. So the family now is back together at the end of all this. And all of a sudden they get a phone call from, I think Frank's dad or mom or something. So now there's an in-law coming to move in. Uh-oh. And at one point they went on vacation. And I just remember this. They went on vacation to this place. They talk about the beginning of the episode where they're going to go on vacation. Yeah. And it becomes a nightmare. And Sue's parents come to visit. And they basically, the whole conversation becomes how Frank is not doing his job as a husband. So he starts going off on everybody and every, and this starts the whole dysfunction and everything yeah. going together. But once they finally band together, they realize the in-laws are coming. Uh-oh. I can't remember if it's Frank's parents or Sue's parents, but at the end, Frank's just like, God damn it! And then it pans out and that's the end of season three. Oh, Lord. So, season four, we can expect um, Sue to give birth, probably. Yep. Uh, the in-laws are coming. Oh, no. I don't know what's gonna happen with Win-Win or Chet. I think Frank visits Chet in the hospital and, like, I think he, I don't know if he pulls through or not, mm-hmm. but he's definitely on life support if he's not. But, I don't know, it's gonna be a lot of crazy shit's gonna happen in season four. But, overall, like, we're hitting a lot of, like, you yeah. know, moments here. Some things I wish I could remember. But I'm gonna tell you this. F is for Family is probably one of the best shows no, on it's, Netflix. it's hilarious. It's not made for children, no. It's not. Right it is not designed for children at all, and I'll be the first to say, do not let your children watch this show. But as a grown adult, if you're a grown adult listening to this, watch the show. It's highly entertaining, especially if you're a fan of Bill Burr, the stand-up comedian. All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this review of the first three seasons of F is for Family. We're going to take a short break here, and when we come back, we'll get into season four of F is for Family here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song Shining Star by Earth, Wind, and Fire. And this song is played during the seventh episode of the fourth season of F is for Family, entitled R is for Rosie. And it's about Rosie going to City Hall and trying to make his mark as an alderman because that's the life that he chooses after he leaves Mohegan. And he has to deal with a crooked mayor who has his own plans for the 12th Ward, which is the town that Rosie lives in and wants to be an alderman to help fix it up. And of course, uh, I love this song as well. It's one of my favorites by Earth, Wind, and Fire. You see it a lot in, you know, movies, and also it's a very good, uh, you know, just nice song to dance to. I think it's really cool, so I kind of like it. And all those things combined made it perfect to play during the commercial break. And that was Earth, Wind, and Fire with Shining Star here on the Boochcast. All right, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to talk about the latest season of F is for Family. Yeah, and the thing is, I've been chomping at the bit for this season to come out. I was waiting for it. Ever since they were revealed at the last episode that Frank's dad mm-hmm. was coming, mm-hmm. and we never got a chance to meet him, we never heard of him, and now all of a sudden... His dad shows up and you hear all the horror stories that Frank tells about his dad Mm -hmm. and his growing up. And it's fucking hilarious because now he shows up and all of a sudden he's a different guy. And, you know, basically his dad just was not an emotional dad, which most dads during that time weren't. Not in that time frame. 
And apparently they go to a back-to-school night. Frank has flashbacks over the fourth grade play where his dad basically laughed and made fun of him and all this other stuff. And then Sue's trying to get Kevin into this special program called the Dim Lights with this guy in a wheelchair who is a pretentious cocksucker. I think it's the best way to describe him. Pretty much. And it's one of those things where Kevin doesn't want to be in this class. And, you know, he wants to study but doesn't he give really a shit. He came to his own, I think, in the season. He really did. He, he really did. Like, he came to his own as a person, as a musician uh there was that girl that he met who turned out that he had a lot in common with and thought she was really all, cool all places her a smart girl yeah and i think they finally hooked up at one point i think they did yeah and like kevin has like that own private like you know room that he has so he was easily able to take a girl down there and stuff and then of course frank struggles to make good on his promises to bill and maureen gets a rude surprise you know then vic finally goes back to the radio station and they find out that there's a new program director and he's completely changing the format of the station. Basically, he changed, um, uh, basically, say, like, what happened with um, Katy Perry Bottle Station that was playing good fucking good rock and roll, good classic, good little heavy shot. They always play Slipknot, Corn, Slipknot, System Up and Down, but stuff they could play on the air. Yeah. It's edited, of course. But you know where I'm coming from? Yes. It's made it to another fucking pop station. Exactly. In which we have enough of country stations here. We have enough pop stations here. Okay. Why can't you guys play some good metal? Oh, wait, they have the river, but they play the same thing over and over and over and over again. Like the little pink bunny with the fucking drum. Doing, 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 doing. <laughs> now, a lot of people don't like the music I listen to. Yeah. Fuck off. That's all I have to say. Boom. And then they try to, like tweak the band up to try to make it like more playable for them while at the same time yeah, trying Kevin to find their own voice fucking and hates every minute of it well yeah because nobody likes their vision being compromised or their band not. being compromised and you know Kevin realized he wanted to be part of the band he just had that meltdown because he banged that girl in the last season you know and it was kind of crazy but it was just, you know, Vic going through all these problems. Everybody had going through some problems. Yeah. While at the same time, Sue's having another kid and, and going she, through she that shit. The kid, well, come out. As a pregnant woman, when it gets to that stage, what I heard is this. When it gets to that part, they're ready for the kid to come out. Yeah. What was his name again? The dad? Uh, William. Like, they were showing, you know, William, you know, shoving an ice cream cone in Frank's face and smearing it across his eyes as he cries. And then he's the nicest guy in town. In private, he's just an asshole. And at one point, Frank's mother runs into the room to stop her husband from shouting at Frank. And she shouts, what kind of a man takes his failures out on his son? And William says, every man in America. So it's like basically taking that powerful statement there. And one thing that uh, I do find interesting is that, of course, you know, the lunch date with Sue gets even deeper mm -hmm. into a funk because she's like... became a little badass in the hockey ring. Yeah. <laughs> even though he wasn't really doing what she's supposed to do with the hockey stick. You didn't speak. I don't think you're supposed to really hit the players with the fucking hockey stick. The thing is, you're not supposed to lift it over your head, I don't think. There's a thing called high sticking. Usually you use the stick if you're going like low because then you can say you checked them. Have you ever watched a hockey game through and through? Does the Mighty Duck movies count? I don't think so. Then no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, I've I've watched the Mighty Ducks I and mean, that's it. I always want to get into it. I do, but I just 
can't like with basketball i can't get into basketball i liked basketball when i was a kid then i just grew out of it well, i, just I, couldn't, I couldn't i couldn't get that's into it that's why i say what sports do you watch football and professional wrestling that's it so anyway frank's pledge to be a better father and husband is tested by one calamity after the next leading to an epic meltdown at the lamaze class yeah. talk about that class oh where they were rubbing the stomachs was this hippie fucking bullshit and she had a kind of like a we're gonna do a home birth i was thinking um home birth you have no pain medication so I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, enjoy that. And I mentioned that to a friend of mine. So she goes, yeah. and this is not, this is one of my friends. She has had not one, not two, not three, but four kids. She just had her fourth kid about a month or so ago. Uh, she goes, oh, no, 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 no. We want to go to a doctor and you want to be on epidural. That's what they said that about pregnant love when they're uh, having the uh, cramps. This is the thing I've learned with every pregnancy that's happened. And this is the one time I don't give a fuck what anybody says. The husband or the baby daddy, whatever it is, has to step in and overrule this. I don't care how you want the pregnancy to go. If there's one thing the man should have 100% control over, it's when they ask the question, do you want an epidural or natural childbirth? The man should say epidural and overrule that immediately. Because this is the thing, when they ask you these questions, you're like, like maybe a month or so into your pregnancy, so you're not really feeling anything bad. It's not until like a few months in yeah. that you start getting the cravings and the weight gain and the sickness and all that. Yeah, so you're totally fine. So you're like, oh, I want natural childbirth. Till the baby starts coming and that's when they realize, holy shit, this is painful. Three. Apparently some women forget that there's a magic liquid that makes the pain not happen. So no, I would never have a home birth. No. Never do that. And it is hippie bullshit because they're all like, because if he comes out naturally, you'll have an organic child and it'll be happy and healthy. Meanwhile, you're sitting there screaming every cuss word you've ever learned. You're grabbing your husband by the shirt going, you son of a bitch, this is all your fault. Now, I was like, if any woman, especially women who have had kids in the past, and they want an easy hospital birth, they're gonna go to the hospital. You're not gonna be around a bunch of fucking hippies if something horrible happens, you don't have a fucking doctor or nurses stand by and know what the hell to do. Uh-uh. And then the interesting thing is that throughout the season, you know. This is a more emotional season. Still funny as hell. This is one of the better ones. I enjoyed this one. Yeah, like eventually, then him and his dad have that moment of reconciliation. Yeah, they did. And then. You can never tell that his dad was trying to try. Yeah. Did you feel the vibe at all that his dad was trying? Uh, not till the end. Okay. Uh, there was one moment where they got into a heated argument. And this is another thing I want to talk about. Where they're getting into a fight and he goes, hit me, you wuss. And then he punches him mm -hmm. and knocks him out. And everybody looks at Frank like he's the bad guy. This happened at the pageant and everything. But I'm going to say this right now. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, what color you are, what gender you are, how old you are. I don't give a fuck. If you dare somebody to hit you and they hit you, that's on you. I hate that shit. I hate when people say, slap me, hit me, I dare you. And even if the person backs down like, you're a wuss, hit me, you, hit me, hit me you ain't got no balls, okay. you you ain't got no balls, you ain't no man, you a fucking pussy. Bam, they hit you. And you're like, you hit me, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, bitch, you just did that fucking shit to me. You're going to apologize for hitting me? I was like, motherfucker, you attacked me with your hands on me first. Fuck you! Yeah, exactly. I he hate that shit. Say, it was like, he may be a skinny guy for but I bruised on his face and he had bruises right here. He cold clock decked him. I, and I, 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 I put him on a chair, I decked him. 
And then people look at this like, you can't believe you hit an old man. I'm was like, he wrong? Yes, but his dad was also wrong. He kept on pushing his buttons. And yeah, the that's the thing. Where I tell to tell people with any man. Don't put. Did it, like, you can don't do that. A person's buttons for so long and they will eventually snap. You're going to talk that shit, you're going to get knocked the fuck out. And here's the thing, because they also don't know Frank's history with his dad. Yeah, it's not That's funny. something that had been building up since for he was a kid. He had that fourth, yeah, that fourth grade play was in his head. It was the scarring moment of Frank's life. Mm -hmm. Like, you really dive into his character, and you actually see Frank go through a change. And then it gets all the way out to when he gets to the hospital, mm -hmm. and he has the birth of the child. Yep. And the dad wants to talk to him, but he's like, not now, dad. I'm, I'll be right back. Everything's cool. Because that's the moment where his dad truly wants to apologize. Like, he's in that chapel. Then, of course, Sue eventually has the baby. And I know you wanted to talk about that. She did it right. She made it to the hospital. Yes. She did it right. Driving that piece of shit car, trying to get a hold of Frank when he was at that meeting to be x gray. Turns out the uh, highly dim-witted, big-titted, dumbass bimbo selling the company. So we don't know if Frank still uh, and Rosie and Red, which he does not have red hair, which is odd. Why yeah. Why is he called Red? He has no red hair. I don't know. It's not right. So they're realizing they might not even have jobs. True. Rosie became an alderman, tried to take down the mayor. Yes. Got fucked out of it, too. Only to find out that it's like how crooked everything is, and now you gotta play ball if you really Sounds want to. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Turns out all that shit's true. And then it's all yours if you play ball. I don't vote, so guess what? I don't bitch. So now we got all this good stuff here. And then, of course, the alderman issue. And then, of course, it gets to a point where, you know, his voters don't like him. Or the or now all these problems are happening. So he's realizing Mildred he's got Mildred's becoming the daughter. What's her name again? I forgot her name. Mildred? Yeah. Mildred's becoming friends with... Um, Bill's sister. Bill's sister. No, Bill's sister's becoming friends with uh, Jenny McSimmons. Yeah. This psychotic, evil little shit. This crazy and psycho bitch. Well, I can understand it. It is just to a logical sense. She did poison that girl but she did it for her friend i was like even though it's really evil and wrong i wouldn't say i'll poison anybody you i'll beat the shit out of him for you oh yeah but not poison i'm sorry and then there was that one moment where they go to visit uh check's ex-wife oh, in the prison because she poisoned chet last season i'm survivor <laughs> that was crazy it's and not this show's not made for children it's not and then the crazy thing is after the baby's born, you know, and they go through all that ordeal, he ends up going to the chapel to oh, show his dad. Oh, yeah. And then it looks like his dad died at the end. Yep. That does this one hell of a cliffhanger. They, they better not cancel it. They better not fucking do that. Well, they right, get, no, this show's highly, like, rated, right? Like, with well, five stars? Yeah. Well, not, right now, they haven't decided whether or not they're going to review it for a fifth season. It hasn't been determined yet, but they did wait at least two months after season three to tell us there was even going to be a season four. So I don't think the COVID-19 will really come into play. Well, it's for next year. Okay. So it would come out sometime in 2021. So the pandemic wouldn't affect it. It would just probably take a while because they need to find out when they can go back to the writer's room, when they can start again. But they're probably waiting until they get greenlit for a fifth season before they start working on the fifth season, which makes sense. So basically that's what they would be playing off of. The fact that Frank's basically excited because he's got this new baby and his goal is to not fuck her up. <laughs> He's like, now he's going to make sure he's an attentive father, a loving father. He's going to turn everything around. Then his dad drops dead. So now yeah. here's the big question. Is Frank really going to turn over a new leaf? Or is Frank going to become an emotional... depression, dickheaded prick that he, he can be. Like he might have a Snap relapse. Snap at the littlest thing. 
Yeah, because he's trying to get over the fact that... Yeah, because he's trying to get over the fact that his dad just died. Frank Murphy's a prick, but the one thing he does do, what his character shows, what Bill Moore's character shows, that he is a caring father. He he just shows it in his own way. And here's the thing. This is loosely based off of Bill's life, with a few obvious, you know, artistic liberties taken. And they do it in animation to make it even better. But Bill knows what it's like to have a screwed up, you know, childhood and a family like that. Like, he does a whole bit about it because he talks about the fact that now in real life, Bill Burr has a daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, he talks about having a kid. He talks about being married, which is something he never thought he'd ever do. He had a girlfriend for the longest time, but eventually they finally got married. And Bill talks about, you know, having an anger problem and how his wife goes, I don't understand where this is all coming from. And he had a, and he would tell stories about his childhood and how that's where a lot of his anger comes from. And he goes, you go from zero to 100. And Bill's like, well, no, 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 cut the shit, cut the shit. First of all, I idle at 75, okay? <laughs> I idle at 75. I went to 100 because I could hear that guy talking on his cell phone from the fucking parking lot. <laughs> so Bill legit has anger problems that was what made this season so great was the fact that it dug into so many different things and you got to see everything go on you know like frank's trying to meet a higher standard he's trying to get his shit together then you know he just had that resentment toward his dad that he needed to get over Mm. so now you gotta wonder like does the dad's death do that does everything happen what's gonna happen next the continuing growth of everybody, you know, Kevin and the new relationship with the girl, how that's going to go and Bill and his hockey future and his sister and the fact that she's becoming, like I said, she's becoming friends with uh, Jimmy's sister and all the fucked up crazy shit she does. So it's like this family's getting even crazier. And what was even crazier about it was it showed another true story about how his dad came back, but was nicer to Frank's kids and his, which is another story of like true things that parents do. When they see grandkids, they're nicer to the grandkids than they ever were to their actual parents. They love grandkids more. That's why a lot of times you'll hear parents go, when are you going to give me grandchildren? Because they just want the grandchildren. Thankfully, I've never been asked that question. I've never been asked that question either. Uh, But I'm just saying, you know, Back then, parents actually gave a shit about stuff like that. They were obsessed with, you know, the whole grandkid concept. Uh, thankfully, my parents never asked me that question. If anything, my uh, my grandparents want to know if they're going to have great-grandkids. And I remember my dad said, he goes, not only are you not going to be around for it, I don't think I'm going to be around for it. And my dad even said, I don't blame you if you never want to get married and have kids. The dating world today is fucking insane. And I think the play they were doing was on Abraham Lincoln, right? Yeah. Was there like an electric chair? Yeah. Oh my God. They were like trying to create this weird ass electric chair. And I remember them like trying to torture people and make things interesting. And like there's a prison and during the civil war days too. Yeah. This ain't racist at all. It was weird. People not bitching about it. Well, it was set in the seventies, you know? So it's like, um, just funny. Like that. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, asshole. Yeah, well, that's what he was saying to him. Like, he's like, you know, why don't you two get a room? Shut the fuck up, asshole. Actually, no, this was Alfred Pazapa inventing the electric chair. And it all started in a beautiful day of a botched hanging. So they're showing, like, a t- how how I wish I was dead already. 
<laughs> That's a fucking terrible acting. I think that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up uh, season four of F is for Family. Yes. And since we are going to be making a YouTube video for season five of F is for Family, that means we are going to be wrapping up the Boochcast for this week. And I thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. So join us on Twitch for the biggest party of the summer. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and a special project in the works. Also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99, per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WB Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So to that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes it to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Go.